Researchers William Bynot and Peter Delius provide an important critical assessment of the Presidential Advisory Panel report on land reform and agriculture. They express scepticism that the report can meet the weight of expectation which has been placed upon it. The analysts highlight what they describe as key contradictions at the heart of the document. On the one hand, they note that the document acknowledges persistent capacity constraints and endemic corruption within the state, while simultaneously making recommendations about how the state should play a central role in passing new laws and establishing new implementation agencies to re-engineer the land reform process. Bynard and Delius cautioned that all of the proposals set out in the panel's report have to be addressed within severe constraints placed on the department's budget. The budget is due to decrease to 10,67 billion in 2020-21 before increasing again marginally to 11,35 billion in 2021-22. In their examination of the future of the restitution program, they cite the position taken by Treasury in their recent paper entitled Economic Transformation inclusive growth and competitiveness. This notes that numerous restitution projects are not productive and some have even collapsed completely, which drastically reduces the impact on poverty alleviation and job creation. There are increasing concerns by researchers and analysts that despite the best of intentions, South Africa's restitution program may prove to have been one of our most costly policy mistakes. These concerns are fuelled by mounting evidence that in the majority of instances, the programme, as currently conceptualised, has comprehensively failed to meet its objectives. Bynard and Delius note that to date, about 10% of the country's agricultural land has been transferred through land reform. 4% through restitution and 6% through redistribution. They argue that when considering who owns what, the former homeland areas should also be added to the calculation as they comprise around 14% of South Africa's land. With the addition of the homelands, between 28 and 30% of the land in the country is held by African people. They note that the advisory panel report has failed to address the fact that smallholder agriculture, both within the former homelands and on land transferred through land reform, has, quote, probably not been expanding, close quotes, a polite way, presumably, of saying that it has actually been declining. The report notes that there is much underutilised land in the former homelands, while at the same time there is massive rural unemployment. Bynard and Delius observe that neither the advisory panel nor the Treasury report have asked why do smallholders not maximise use of their land and why do most unemployed younger members of households avoid putting the labour into the land? Unfortunately, in this piece, the authors don't venture their own answer to this question, but they propose that the state should prioritise engaging more effectively with the smallholders who can mobilise resources of land and inputs in both the former homelands and on transferred land. They argue that far more could be produced from this land, 
which in turn could provide an important development opportunity for the poorest rural districts. Overall, however, they question the feasibility of implementing many of the recommendations in the Presidential Advisory Panel report. These include passing a Land Reform Act, a Land Register Act, the restructuring of the Department of Rural Development and Land Reform. Beinart and Delius remain sceptical about the state's capacity to generate successful new bureaucracies when the existing departments are struggling. They note that the key constraints remain a lack of capacity to implement successful land reform. They recommend a focus on the following priorities. Planning for increased urbanisation, the need to work with commercial agriculture rather than against it, the need to strengthen existing institutions and support services such as extension and access to finance. However, having read through their commentary, I find it difficult to avoid the conclusion that the duo may have also failed to adequately think through what it will take to practically implement their own recommendations. Currently, almost everybody agrees that land reform has become horribly stuck. Digging the vehicle out of the mud and setting it back on the road requires a major effort by those wanting land, government, business, farmers and civil society. But this, perhaps, requires going back to basics and starting to focus on local municipalities in order to properly understand the context and develop a realistic set of interventions, both to acquire new land, provide appropriate support services, and to revitalise failed land reform projects, which have cost the state an enormous amount of money.